Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. All righty. So Rich Lowry over at National Review, uh, he called it the Mulligan debate last night. I watched it, so you didn't have to. You're welcome. I'm a giver. Uh, And I'm going to give you a whole bunch of sound bites, actually. Tim Scott, this is what uh, Rich Lowry says, Tim Scott realized that he had to show up. He was feistier, he spoke more, and he had some good moments. But I wonder how the nice guy constantly interrupting other candidates is going to play. Vivek Ramaswamy's internal polling must have showed that he came off as an obnoxious bore the first time around. This version was much easier to take. But it's always a bad sign when a candidate has to adopt basically a new persona from one debate to the next. Remember, Al Gore did it in 2000. Pretty much everybody realized in retrospect that they should have taken more umbrage at Vivek's insults during the first debate. And so they came armed with opposition research. They obviously hate him. And Nikki Haley hates him more than anybody else, apparently. And finally... Trump took some incoming fire for not showing up. Both Chris Christie and Ron DeSantis hit him over that. Uh, Two candidates who did not take mulligans and doubled down on their prior strategies were Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. The Haley approach is to stand out by attacking almost everybody else, and uh, it might have felt uh, like too much and too forced, however. Doug Burgum. He actually made a good impression. This is what Rich Lowry says, and I agree. I thought he did a pretty good job. I had no idea who this guy was. I kind of mocked him for being in it. But he was able to deliver answers to questions. I know, during a debate. Who would have thought? Answers to questions um, and uh, and encapsulate and, you know, uh, uh, just refine down a limited government perspective on all sorts of issues and tie them all together and bring in other talking points that he, you know, wanted to hammer away at. He did a very good job, I thought. Um, but there was uh, way too much crosstalk and over-promising from the candidates. That's Rich Lowry. Uh, I would like to just register, once again, my uh, disapproval of the format of this debate, as well as virtually every other debate in the modern era, which is like, uh, hey, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to put you on a clock. Uh, You got one minute, and then when other people want to talk, I'm going to say, no, 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 everybody else shut up. I want to move along. I got questions to ask everybody else. It's not an interview. It's a debate. And the moderators always treat the debates as if they are interviews, as if the most important thing is to get as many questions asked as possible. And I just disagree with that. You just hold more debates. Just hold, you know, five debates. This was this was done by Fox News and Fox Business. And then they brought in some Univision woman who, like, like just teed up these leftist-style questions. I, I don't know what they were thinking, but whatever. Um, Nobody seems to be willing to break the mold, so here we are. All right, so let's start. Ron DeSantis, he was asked whether he was comfortable with China deepening its ties with our southern neighbors. Of course not. And the reason why we're in this mess is because elites in D.C. for far too long have chosen surrender over strength when it comes to the CCP. Some people in our country got rich, our industrial base got hollowed out, and they have been able to build the second most powerful military in the entire world. We need a totally new approach to China. We are going to have real hard power in the Indo-Pacific, like Reagan,
Reagan to deter their ambitions. We're going to have economic independence from China, where we're decoupling our economy. And we are going to go after the cultural power they have in this country. As governor of Florida, I ban the CCP from buying land in our state. We should do that all across these United States. We shouldn't have them in our universities. We shouldn't have Confucius Institutes. So you see a country in decline, our power's in decline. China's going to surpass us this decade. And if they do that, that's going to affect every single American household. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I actually, I was shocked to hear somebody actually mention the Confucius centers. The, the, the way that China is waging war on us is asymmetrical. I was talking about this the other day. That's one of the ways they are doing it. Next up, Vivek Ramaswamy, he addresses the illegal immigration crisis. So the first thing I want to say is I agree with everything. The Republicans on the stage are on the right side of this issue. Militarize the southern border, stop funding sanctuary cities, and end foreign aid to Mexico and Central America to end the incentives to come across. But I do go a step further. You're right about that, Ilya. I favor ending birthright citizenship for the kids of illegal immigrants in this country. Now, the left will howl about the Constitution and the 14th Amendment. The difference between me and them is I've actually read the 14th Amendment. What it says is that all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the laws and jurisdiction thereof are citizens. So nobody believes that the kid of a Mexican diplomat in this country enjoys birthright citizenship. Not a judge or legal scholar in this country will disagree with me on that. Well, if the kid of a Mexican diplomat doesn't enjoy birthright citizenship, then neither does the kid of an illegal migrant who broke the law to come here. And as the father of two sons, it is hard for me to look them in the eye and say, you have to follow the law when our own government fails to follow its own laws. All right, so there you go. 14th Amendment, uh, no birthright citizenship. Tim Scott then follows up on Ramaswamy's comments about the 14th Amendment. Yeah, there's no doubt the fact that when you think of the Constitution and the 14th Amendment, it was certainly written as it relates to slavery, not as it relates to illegal immigration. It's been applied to illegal immigration. So the challenge that we face is, in fact, one that has to do with whether or not the people that come here are under the jurisdiction of our laws. And frankly, if you come here illegally, you are not. Now, surviving a Supreme Court argument is something I can't tell you. But from a perspective of the Constitution, I think it's simple that clearly it was designed for slavery and not for illegal immigration okay so right that we've heard this in republican circles uh conservative circles they've discussed the 14th amendment for a very long time i'm sure this was uh you know uh, monocle in the martini glass shocking for a lot of people on the left that may have no idea what this issue is all about uh but then tim scott pivoted when we have a conversation about the things that are happening on this stage, we think about the fact that Vivek just said we were all good people. And I appreciate that because last debate, he said we were all bought and paid for. And I thought about that for a little while and said, you know, I can't imagine how you could say that knowing that you were just in business with the Chinese Communist Party and the same people that funded Hunter Biden, millions of dollars, was a partner this of yours as well. It's not nonsense. So look, you, here's what I, 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 I want to respond. These, these are good people who are tainted by a broken system. And it's not the fault I, I think of anybody who's involved. Some of us are tainted. Excuse me. Thank you for speaking while I'm interrupting. You said bot If I may You can't be on both sides. Gentlemen, you'll have your turn. One of the challenges we should have a... We should have a debate between the 
business in China. May, Everybody knows that. If I may, if Let's I may focus address, on holding Joe Biden accountable. That's what we need to be focusing on. I actually agree with Ron DeSantis. No one can understand exactly. your message. So if I may, I agree with Ron DeSantis on China. When every other CEO expanded into the Chinese market, you know what I did with my first company? We opened a subsidiary in China. But you know what I did that was different than every other company? We got the hell out of there. And when I started my yeah, next right company, Strive, right when, it, no, years ago, right when I started my next company, Strive, to compete against it's BlackRock, excuse me, no, no. to compete against it's BlackRock, I made a commitment that we would never do business in China. And I will say something. Yes. I think you have more than time to explain yeah. your point. Well, if I, I was interrupted by a lot of people here, and I want to be respectful because I yeah. believe these you are were respectful people, last a bit. but I do not yeah. believe in these. We're sitting here in the Reagan Library. Yes, I wish you would do not think it was midnight in honor of Ronald Reagan's library, if I may, well, from one, I, Tim, listen, from one hey, admirer listen, of Ronald all, Reagan all to I'm another, from you. one admirer of Reagan to another, Did we cannot do deals see Isaac and violate four years ago. This isn't productive. I want to hear about that. Let's have a policy debate. What's going on? Let us have a policy debate. Oh my goodness! Let's have a policy debate. And the right answer is we need to declare independence from China, and I will see that through. Okay, so. A lot of uh, stupidity going on there. Um, so this is the problem with the format. You've got, what, seven people on that stage. They're all limited to like a minute. And then maybe if somebody mentions them, then they get like 15 or 30 seconds. And Tim Scott, obviously, as uh, Rich Lowry is talking about, like he had to assert himself because he kind of you know, melted away into the scenery at the last debate. And so he was going to be more combative and assertive. But all he just came across as was an interrupter. Although I did find it hilarious, Vivek's, <laughs> Vivek Ramaswamy's, uh, uh, some might call it a Freudian slip. He says, thank you for speaking while I'm interrupting. He meant, to, obviously, he meant thank you for interrupting while I'm speaking, but came out backwards. I don't know if there's some, uh, yeah, I don't know what Freud would say about that. But this was the problem with the format. They're all trying to jockey for position to get some airtime because they don't trust the moderators with the questions they're going to get. And they want to answer, well, every single question. But when you're standing up there and you get your opponent getting a, a, a softball and then you get some question that's not in your wheelhouse, you want to respond to the question that is in your wheelhouse. So now you've got to try to muscle yourself in because they're going to try not to mention you by name so you don't get to respond. It's just a terrible format. They could have spent the whole two hours on just like a broad heading of economics. I mean, it was Fox Business News, right? Or what? Yeah, Fox Business News Channel. Why not do that? There will be other debates where you could do other issues. But they were like, we got to get to all these issues that we want to talk about. And that's how, and so it devolves into this just dumbassery. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply, will you be ready when the lights go out? Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, he was asked how he would rein in lawlessness in American cities. 
For seven years, I ran the fifth largest office in this country um, uh, at the U.S. Attorney's Office in New Jersey, and we set records for the number of prosecutions that we brought that still have not been broken. And the reason was that we went after the crime that was affecting people's lives. And as president, I will appoint an attorney general and instruct that attorney general that you are to put all the resources that are necessary to bring our cities back under control. The fact is, they will be stretched. There's no doubt about that, but that's what they take the job for, because they love the idea of enforcing the law. We've got to bring law and order back to this country, and not just in our cities, but we need the law and order back everywhere. We need law and order back in our suburbs. People are threatened there. We need it in our rural areas. People feel threatened there. And we need it in Washington, D.C. also. And Donald Trump should be here to answer for that, but he's not. And I want to look at that camera right now and tell you, Donald, I know you're watching. You can't help yourself. I know you're watching. Okay? And you're not here tonight, not because of polls and not because of your indictments. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on the stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. All right. I want to ask Do- Governor DeSantis, you fired a couple of prosecutors in your... Doug. That's a zinger right there from uh, Chris Christie, huh? We're going to call you Donald Duck. And the worst part is it would totally have stuck if Trump said it. <laughs> you know, If Trump had done the branding of somebody else like that, it would have stuck. It would have worked. But because it's Chris Christie and because the way he delivered it, which was to kind of do this like, hey, I'm going to raise one eyebrow on the right side and my left eyebrow is going to dip down a little bit and he's going to do like the half smirk thing and he turns and looks directly at the camera and we call you Donald Duck and it just comes across as it's just like it's like dad joke trying to be cool you know it's and it's not here's the other thing too Donald Trump wasn't watching now he probably has gone back and watched some of the highlights I bet somebody pulls some of the highlights and lets him see you know the attacks on him um but no, I, he wasn't watching. He was out doing that, uh, uh, the pro-union speech at a plant that's not unionized. Remember, yeah, he was out doing that last night. And look, Chris Christie is correct. Donald Trump is ducking the debates. And Donald Trump doesn't want to participate in the debates. Now, you can say that's because he's the front runner and he doesn't need to. Why go to the debate if you're already up by so much? It doesn't matter, right? Okay, good cover story. But also, if you go to the debates... You're, you have a better chance of getting gutted, right? That's, that, that's the calculation you're making. You're saying uh, there are only really three outcomes here if I go to a debate, and two of them are not good, right? And even if the third one where you, quote, win the debate, you're already the front runner. So you should have won. So you're not even going to get credit for winning the debate, right? So the other two things that you just kind of uh hold steady you don't you don't like you don't win it but you don't lose it you're just kind of there and that's not great for you cuz you're the front runner people start thinking you should have mopped the floor with them and then he doesn't or you say something really stupid or you have some of your opponents that are able to you know highlight uh some terrible things that you did and this is the I said this at the very beginning of this uh campaign season when Trump said he was going to run again the problem he's going to have now is that he actually has a record. Uh, seven years ago, he did not have a I keep saying, wanting to say four years ago, but it's a, seven years ago, or eight years, he did not have a record when he first entered the race. And so people could project upon him 
any sort of thing they wanted to. And his promises sounded like he could do these things and he could follow through on all this stuff because I'm not a politician. I'm just a businessman. And all of that stuff worked. But after you have a whole term in office, now you have a record. And now people can attack you for it. And they did last night. So, uh, all right. Last night I watched the uh, second Republican presidential debate, uh, the trump debate, uh, Donald Trump refusing to participate. And yes, I do hold that against him. I hold it against uh, every candidate that refuses to debate. I understand why they refuse to debate. I don't agree with them. I think if you want to um, get hired by me, I would like to ask you some questions or I'd like you to go through some sort of an interview process. Um, yeah. And and if you're not going to go through the interview process, then I'm not going to give you the job. That, that, like For me, that's what it comes down to. And it doesn't matter who it is. Um, next up, we've got Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Um, and uh, they talked a bit about crime. He says crime is a sign of the decaying of America. I will use the Justice Department to bring civil rights cases against all of those left-wing Soros-funded prosecutors. We're not going to let them get away with it anymore. We want to reverse this country's decline. We need to choose law and order over rioting and disorder. Yeah, so solid message, I thought, uh, also related to the border and uh, then, you know, how to stop fentanyl from coming in. Ramaswamy got the question and then he got attacked about TikTok. There's two sides to this, and we have to be very honest about it. One is we do have to seal that southern border. Building the wall is not enough. They're building cartel-financed tunnels underneath that wall. Semi-trucks can drive through them. We have to use our own military to seal the Swiss cheese of a southern border. But we also have to be honest. There's a demand-side problem in this country, too. A mental health epidemic. I met family in Iowa. Two parents, Kathy and Derek, they lost their son, Sebastian, 17 years old. He bought Percocet on Snapchat, and then he died. Why did he die? Because it was laced with fentanyl. That is closer to bioterrorism, not a drug overdose. That is poisoning. So it is our job to make sure that never happens. But it's also our job to make sure that 17-year-olds don't turn to Percocet via Snapchat. We have to bring back mental health care in this country, not with pumping pharmaceuticals, but with faith-based approaches that restore purpose and meaning in the next generation of Americans. Many of them are getting it through social media. And this isn't a Republican point or a Democrat point, but if you're 16 years old or under you should not be using an addictive social media product, period. This is something that we can both agree on and we can revive both the mental health of this country while stopping the fentanyl epidemic that will kill more people this year than who died on 9-11. And I refuse to be a passive bystander sitting in the White House like the hollowed out husk of a current president we have. We will step up and address this problem to stand for Americans and our children. said I agree with that is why as commander-in-chief I'm going to use the U.S. military to go after the Mexican drug cartels. They are killing our people. And the stories that I've seen in Florida, we had an infant, 18 months, parents rented an Airbnb. And apparently the people that had rented it before were using drugs. The infant was crawling, the toddler was crawling on the carpet and ingested a fentanyl residue yep. and died. 
Are we just going to sit here and let this happen, this carnage happen in our country? I am not going to do that. So I guarantee you on day one, this border is going to be a day one issue for me as president. We're going to declare it a national emergency. Yes, we'll build the wall. We'll do remain in Mexico. But those Mexican drug cartels are going to be treated like the foreign right, terrorist organizations that they are. All right, Vice President just last month, Vice President Pence. Oh, my goodness. See what I mean? Every single time you've got candidates that are they're scrambling. It's a scrum. Uh, in other words, that start with SCR or something. But like they all want in on that question. They, you know, they 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 want the airtime. They want to be able to differentiate themselves, but also say, oh, I agree with that one point. But because the format constricts them to what the moderators want to ask them at any given point, they have to they have to engage in this kind of uh, this scrum, and it's just it's not good. It doesn't make good TV. It doesn't make good radio. Uh, that's why I always kind of fade this stuff out. Um, I did think it's interesting that he says, uh, or uh, uh, Ramaswamy says that under 16 years old, you should not be allowed to be on social media, addictive social media. But then he was also going on to the TikTok, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm." You know, I'm on TikTok because that's where the that's where the youth vote is. And I don't know that's 18 and older, but yeah, it's kind of. And that's what Nikki Haley started uh, chastising him about right there. You couldn't hear her because of all of the crosstalk. Also, pretty impressed with DeSantis and the fact that he was able to just completely grab control of that question and the the the, the crosstalk, and he just breaks through and is able to tell that story which was a powerful story, um, and then he leaves everybody else, you know, scrambling and, and, and arguing with each other while the moderator, Dana Perino, is like, we're moving on, we're moving on, I have other questions, you know. All right, next up, they covered mass shootings, and then Mike Pence got a question about whether Obamacare is here to stay. Obamacare, right now, it is more popular than ever. Why should Americans trust you, if you become president, to fix that, or is Obamacare here to stay? Well, first, let me speak to the mass shootings issue, and then I'll answer that question. It's an important one, Dana. Look, I'm someone that believes that justice delayed is justice denied. And as a father of three, as a grandfather of three beautiful little girls, I am sick and tired of these mass shootings happening in the United States of America. And if I'm president of the United States, I'm going to go to the Congress of the United States, and we're going to pass a federal expedited death penalty for anyone involved in a mass shooting so that they will meet their fate in months, not years. It is unconscionable that the, the, uh, the Parkland shooter, Ron, is actually going to spend the rest of his life behind bars in Florida. That's not justice. We have to mete out justice and send a message to these would-be killers that you are not going to live out your days behind bars. You're going to meet that. justice in this system. But does that mean Obamacare is here to stay? <laughs> oh, brutal. Well, thank you for reiterating the question because I'd love to answer it. Look, I, I think it's one of the choice. I think it's one of the choices here. You know, my former running mate, Donald Trump, 
actually has a plan to start to consolidate more power in Washington, D.C., consolidate more power in the executive branch. If I'm president of the United States, it's my intention to make the federal government smaller by returning to the states those resources and programs that are rightfully theirs under the Tenth Amendment of the Constitution. That means all Obamacare funding, all, right. all housing funding, all HHS funding, all of it goes back to the states. We'll shut down the Federal Department of Education will allow states to right. innovate. We're going to revive federalism in America, and states are going to help I'm not bring sure we got America an back. On Stu, go ahead. May I remind everyone to keep within that time frame so that we can get as many questions in as possible? There you go. There it is again, Stuart Varney. May I remind everybody to stay within your time frame so we get as many questions as possible? What? So we want quantity over quality. That's what the, that, that is what he's saying. We want more questions that we spent all of our time writing up. And so I want to make sure I get to all my questions. The debate's not about you guys. This is the thing that kills me. Every debate that I've ever moderated, I always end up with probably somewhere in the neighborhood of two to three times as many questions that I never get to ask than I do. Because if there is a topic that I want to hear about, I put it at the front I give them time to flesh out all of the different nuances and arguments and let them go back and forth and really, you know, vet the issue and the candidates. And that right there is the perfect, to me, illustration of the problem with these formats that they just, these, the media companies rely upon. Uh, notice also Mike Pence tried to pin the Parkland shooter on DeSantis, and that was, a, if I recall correctly, wasn't there something about a... Uh, yeah, I, mean, I thought that was done before he was in office, but uh, it didn't land very well. That's and that was sort of the case with virtually everything that Mike Pence tried to do last night. He seems he's like a throwback, you know, it, like he seems like he should be running for the GOP nomination in like I don't know 2008. <laughs> it's just I don't know if this type of and he talks really really slowly. Have you noticed that? Oh my gosh! Like just say the next word, man. Just come on, you could do it. Okay, there it is. All right, you may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. they got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. It's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. Uh, last night, the, uh, the candidates running for Republican primary nomination for president, besides Donald Trump, uh, they took the stage at uh, the Ronald Reagan uh, Library, and uh, they covered a whole bunch of topics uh, very shallowly, but shallowly, is that a word? I think so. Is there, there, okay. Um, anyway, the, uh, the question was about Obamacare. Mike Pence gets asked, is Obamacare here to stay? Uh, despite given two opportunities to answer the question, he does not. Um, Doug Burgum, 
the North Dakota governor, um, he turns the question into a larger indictment on government intervention. We're not talking about the real problem ever. We talk about why do we have the most expensive health care in the world? It's because the federal government got involved the same way they did with EVs, and they said, we're going to subsidize a particular kind of software back in 2008 under Obama, and they said, hey, we're going to do this. It's going to make everybody more productive. All of you that are watching have been to a doctor's office when the doctor's got his back to you and their hands on a keyboard. The, the only industry in the world that's ever absorbed $1 trillion of IT and became less productive, they saw less patients per day, is U.S. healthcare because they were subsidizing a certain kind of technology. It wasn't. It wasn't about improving healthcare. It was about picking winners and losers. Mm. Every time the federal government's involved, whether it's higher education, okay. healthcare, or now the auto industry, things get more expensive and less competitive. That was, a- that was an impressive answer. He jammed a lot of stuff into his 45 seconds, right? But it's a great point. The healthcare industry has absorbed a trillion dollars of IT, and it's become worse right (laughs) like find me another example that compares with that all right next up that moderator from univision used the democrat attack line on ron desantis and the u.s history curriculum florida's new black history curriculum says quote slaves develop skills which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit you have said Slaves develop skills in spite of slavery, not because of it. But many are still hurt. No. For the sentence of slaves, this is personal. What is your message to them? So first of all, that's a hoax that was perpetrated by Kamala Harris. Uh, we are not going to be doing that. Second of all, that Tim was Scott, written by descendants of slaves. These are great black history scholars, so we need to stop playing these games. Here's the deal. Our country's education system is in decline because it's focused on indoctrination, denying parents' rights. Florida represents the revival of American education. We're ranked number one in the nation in education by U.S. News and World Report. My wife and I, we have a six, five, and three-year-old. This is personal to us. We didn't just talk about universal school choice. We enacted universal school choice. We didn't just talk about parents' bill of rights. We enacted the parents' bill of rights. We eliminated critical race theory, and we now have American civics and the Constitution in our schools in a really big way, just like President Reagan asked for in his farewell address back in 1989. Florida is showing how it's done. We're standing with parents, and our kids are benefiting. There is not, there is not a redeeming quality in slavery. He and Kamala should have just taken the one sentence out. America has suffered because of slavery, but we've overcome that. We are the greatest nation on earth because we faced our demons in the mirror and made a decision. But that's how, how do you tell the story of people overcoming without pointing out like okay and after people got freed they they had these skills and they used them for themselves in free markets and they elevated themselves they lifted themselves see scott's trying to play it both ways there and it just doesn't come off believable it doesn't come off as honest i thought DeSantis handled the question well it was a terrible question and yes it was a loaded question all right so then mike pence he tries to assure the lgbtq plus ia whatever that he's uh, he's going to protect their rights and then he pivoted awkwardly i'll stand up for the safety uh, and the civil liberties of every american mm-hmm. from every background okay and i want the american people to know that 
But I want to answer the question as well, Dana, that you just asked Doug Burr. Because by way of full disclosure, Chris, you mentioned the president's situation. I'm, my wife uh, isn't a member of the teachers union, but I got to admit, I'm, I've been sleeping with a teacher for 38 years. And um, so full disclosure, look, education really? is a state and local function. Really? Really? That, ugh. Oh, that's awkward. It, the audience responded. I mean, that was like, uh, get it? Because he's married to a teacher. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's what I mean. The guy, he's, he's like, it's like he came here out of a time machine <laughs> from like 20 years ago. He's running for office from 20 years ago. I don't think Mike Pence needs to be on the stage next time. I really don't.